Hey ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mel Herbert here. It's World Thursday, January 9th. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Feels like we dodged a bit of a bullet in the last couple of days. Woo! And I think you know what I'm talking about. I got a letter here, a little emaily notey note from a listener. And let me try and find out who it was. G Webb. And oh, it's Gail. So Gail asked the question, love the show, of course you do. And they're saying that they've got to replace their factory tires on their Model 3. And is it necessary to have run flat tires or will 98W be sufficient without the run flat? I don't know what a 98W is. So let's talk then about run flat tires. I don't know a ton about this, but um, there's some reviews there on the interwebs that you can look at. But basically the idea is that there's about one in seven cars in the US now has run flat tires. And they usually do this so that you don't have to carry around a spare. And that's pretty common in electric vehicles. That's just sort of more weight you can get rid of. The idea of a run flat tire is that it can go flat and you can still drive for about 100 miles on most of these to the repair shop as it were. And so the pros are that you can drive on a flat tire. It's better stability after a blowout, although they can still blow out. And in general, lower vehicle weight because you don't have to have all the extra stuff, right? But the cons are is that you don't have a spare. And if you've got to drive a long way, that's a bit of a problem. Uh, Reduced trade wear. Apparently, there was a study that showed that you get about 6,000 less miles on these puppies. You can still blow out. Um, It's hard to tell if they're low on air or not. It's a bit harsher ride. This is all according to Edmunds. They cost a bit more. They're sort of the upsides and the downsides. I would suggest that you buy the Tesla tires because not only do they have run flat tires, they also have uh, this foam filler, which they use to reduce um, noise. And so although you can probably get your tires on your Model 3 significantly cheaper than you can at Tesla, I like those two things about them, that they're run flat and at the same time, they I believe they put a foam thing in there to reduce the noise and to make the ride a bit more squishy. That is my understanding. I am no expert in this field, but tires are super expensive. And so the problem is that they do wear out a bit faster. But the thing that's even worse than that is getting those uh, super low profile ones, you know, the bigger wheel, but the lower profile tire part, they wear out much faster in my experience. I don't know if there's actually data on that, but the people I know that have those say, boy, you know, if you can get 20, 30,000 miles out of those puppies, you're lucky which is not a lot of miles, and they're super expensive. Got a note here from Andreas Peterson. I think that's your name. Well, Pedersen. Andreas Pedersen. I don't know how to say it. And my accent terrible. But a really interesting note here from Andreas that says, you know, I was talking about my Model Y, and I don't have the automatic garage door opener thingy thing. He was noting that the Model Y does, in fact, have that. So doing some snooping on the website shows that that does come on Model Y, which again just makes me like, what the what? Why? Why? Why not on the Model 3? Hello? Uh, what? So you're going to put it in the Model Y, but you don't have it in the Model 3? It's an expensive car! Come on! Now, Andres, Anders? It's Anders. Anders. My, my dyslexia, i got to tell you, it's bad. It's bad. Also, wanted me to go over this... Uh, five seconds about the fulfillment process when you order a Model 3, since he's a Tesla virgin, and we'd kind of like to know how this works. Well, at least here in the US, I can't speak for the Europe's, but here in the US, what happens is you go online and you put down a deposit. And then when they're ready, they will send you an email. And that email will say, okay, and make sure you go and complete your configuration 
because we're ready to build this puppy. So you go through and you make sure, okay, this is all the things I want, all the twiddly bits. And then here in the US, they ask you for a number of things. They ask you to upload a picture of your driver's license, upload a picture of your insurance, fill out the financing, whether you're paying for it yourself or if you're going to get a lease, you fill out that and then they do a credit report. All of this is done online. You don't really have to interact with anybody. You will get prompts as you get closer and closer if you haven't filled out all the paperworky stuff. And it'll say, go online and make sure you fill out all your paperwork. When the car is made and just about ready to be delivered, they'll then send you another email saying, okay, now you've got to pay the next part of the deposit. So you had your deposit just to get them built. But then there's usually, like when I lease, there's some down that you have to get. In my case, it was three or $4,000. And then they'll start doing your lease on a monthly basis down the line. But there's another check that has to come. And you can do it all online by a credit card. And then when you actually go to the store at that point, and go pick up your car. This is very fresh in my mind. They sit you down and you sign, in my case, uh, the lease documents and you show them the ID. They make sure that you have insurance. That's a big deal here in California. You can't drive away without proof of insurance. And then you're done. Drive away. And all of the stuff, you don't really get copies of it. It just goes online. So then if you want to you know, check your stuff or for your insurance, you go on to the tesla.com and you sign in and you'll see all the documents that pertain to your carry car right there. That's the the basic process. Now, if you are new to Tesla, then they'll also walk you through how all the twiddly bits work. If you're not new to Tesla, you can say, look, I've already had one of these. I'm good. See you later and drive off. Kind of a fun experience. And if there's anything else you want to know about it, let me know while it's still fresh in my memory, because it will not be fresh in my memory for too long. Now, within two days of each other, I got two different people, and I'd love to say your names, but I can't find the effing emails that said, you know, Mel, one of them was about, look, I've got a little bit of extra cash. It was an ER doc, actually, one of my colleagues, and said, I'd really like to be put some money towards, you know, a solar farm that maybe we could use the power of Talking Tesla to get a bunch of people together and buy some land and set up a solar farm. And he would be happy to donate towards that. And then I got another person like the next day, it was a very similar thing. Like I really am worried about the climate and I've got a little extra cash here and I would like to donate this to help, you know, renewable energy, what can we do? So I feel your anxiety. I feel exactly the same. I walk to my studio and it's packed with solar panels and I can't put on any more. Maybe I'm going to tell you more about that because maybe what I'm going to do is actually put up a solar canopy that will provide some shade outside, but also have solar panels. But the roofing part of the thing is all sort of maxed out. Same at my house here. But I feel this anxiety. I, I want to put up more. So I don't exactly know what to do, but I'll tell you what I've been doing, and I don't know if it's the right thing. Because I own a company and we have employees, I think we have, I don't know, 15 or 20 full-time employees. What I say to those full-time employees is that every year, we're going to take a chunk of money and put it aside, the cost of a Tesla or two or three, and uh, we're going to give that to employees that either buy electric cars or put on solar panels on their house. So here in the US, you used to get a federal tax credit, which was great. Now it's gone away because Tesla made so many of them. You can get a state tax credit. This is very good. And I think in California, it's going up to $4,000 from $2,000. And there are some organizations like ours that will give people an extra credit. Now, because of the way this works, it ends up basically just being a bonus you get taxed on. But we give people a chunk of money if they're putting on solar panels or getting an electric car to just take off some of the burden of doing that yourself. We are very lucky to be in the position where we are profitable enough to do that and to put away literally, you know, about $100,000 to $1,000 to the side and say, this is for employees to dip into. And I got to tell you, and I'm giving you some of the numbers and stuff. 
because it really, really worked. Really worked. Like in the years before we did this, people were talking a lot about getting solar panels, but unless you're a super well healed, they're expensive up front. And now there are some programs there you can lease and stuff, but a Model 3, for example, still an expensive car for somebody who's even making pretty good money. But right after we started this project, we've had an enormous uptake by our small group of peeps. We've been involved in the installation, I think, of over 10 solar arrays on people's houses, and I can't remember the number, but probably 10 people have bought a Model 3. So if you in a company can sort of take off a bit of that pain, it's basically free money to your employees that has a huge impact on their ability to get that stuff. Huge impact. So from a company-wide perspective, I could go buy myself another Model S, $100,000 car. Or I could take that $100,000 and say, look, spread this amongst employees that want to put on solar or buy a Model 3 and give them a big chunk of change to help them do that. And the carbon footprint reduction of that is way more than another electric car for Mel Herbert kind of thing. It works spectacularly well. So if you are out there in Talking Tesla or Elon Daily Land, and you own a company and you're thinking, what is the best way that I can reduce the carbon footprint of this company? Consider this. My experience is that it works spectacularly. And all of your employees have all of these roofs and they should all have solar if you're in a place where solar makes sense. The other thing that we are looking into is that my family and I are involved in a homeless shelter here. And one of the things I want to talk to the people who own the homeless shelter, and now this often gets into a lot of paperwork and stuff, but we would love to give a grant to that homeless shelter and say, let us pay for putting on a solar array on the big homeless shelter roof, and that will offset the cost of running the homeless shelter, and we'll pay for it, and then we'll know, and we'll be able to say to uh, the people who buy our products and stuff, that we've also done solar arrays on these third-party projects to further reduce our carbon footprint. It's kind of like we are buying into a solar farm, but in this case, we're putting it somewhere where we can get two bangs for the buck. We can say we're generating electricity for our enterprise and you should feel good about the fact that you buy our products and we're zero carbon. And at the same time, we're helping the local homeless shelter by reducing their costs. So again, obviously, this is you know not something that everybody can do. We've got a business and it's doing pretty well right now. So we're able to do this kind of stuff. Specifically, again, some time ago, a few years ago, I looked into the exact situation which I wish I had the person's name about like should I buy some cheap land in Nevada and put up solar panels and ask friends and family and anybody else that wants to join to do that and I just the preliminary stuff I looked into is a lot of paperwork you're basically turning yourself into a commercial entity and the paperwork and everything is just like overwhelming and it's best to leave that to the pros but there are people like this one that I know of and they actually advertised with us a couple of years ago called Arcadia now, they do something a little bit differently. Like, if you don't have enough room on your house, what you can do if you're in one of their designated areas is send them your electric bill. And they will say, look, for X amount of dollars, we will 100% offset your electric bill by adding solar panels to a number of projects throughout the United States. So you are basically buying solar panels that then they add to solar farms. And you can say that those 10 panels right there, they're mine. And they offset my bill and my carbon footprint. It's not exactly what you're talking about, but what you might be able to do if you want to be involved in this is go to a company like that and say, I want to buy uh, more solar panels, even if I've got mine and I've done 100% for me, can I buy it for a friend or for a third party? And they will you know, go to people who do this for a living 
add more solar panels. And they actually say, we can physically say you own these five solar panels and they generate lots of uh, clean energy and that can offset your bill. And you can say, like, I've offset, you know, all of my bill and it's 100% carbon neutral because this is the solar panels right here that I bought, even though they're not on my property. So that might be something that you could actually gift to somebody. Another thing you can think about in terms of the community is that my wife's involved in the, with a church uh, down the road here. And one of the parishioners there gave that church $100,000 to put on solar panels for the church and the preschool and offset uh, the vast majority of their electricity usage so that then that church could then use that money for churchy things and for preschool things. So if you're involved in a church, a mosque, a synagogue, or some community group like that, that's another thing to think about. Often they have very large roofs and they could use the offset of the cash, and you and your friends may want to get together and say, well, let's put on a big, gigantic array here, slap it up there, take it as a tax deduction, as a donation, and get 100% renewable energy for somebody that could really use that cash. These are just some ideas, but I love the way the people of the Elon Daily and the Talking Tesla are thinking. These are just some of my suggestions, and I'll try and think of some more. I've said it before, and I'll say it again and again and again. It's uh, the responsibility of every one of us individually to try and reduce our carbon footprint as much as possible within the means which we have been given by luck or good works or whatever. So uh, that means uh, eating better, less meat. It means if you can afford solar panels, great. If you can afford uh, EVs, great. Do all of those things that you can. If you are a company and you have the means, you should be doing your best to do that. And so Amazon, Target, all of these people. Apple, it's great to see them actually you know, doing that. And Tesla, of course. And of course, the most important thing you can do over and above all of this is who you vote for. Governments can do this at a level which is bigger than even the biggest corporations. So who you vote for really matters. And I got to say uh, one other thing. I was just reading an article recently about how much going completely vegetarian reduces your carbon footprint. And the argument by this author was something that I hear a fair bit. Well, actually, when you do the math, if you become fully vegetarian, in most cases, you're only going to reduce your carbon footprint 5 or 10%. And if you buy an electric car, you're only going to reduce your carbon footprint 5 or 10%. And they went through this list of things, their argument being Actually, I'm not even sure what their argument was, but it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. You individually trying to reduce your carbon footprint because becoming a vegetarian doesn't have that big an impact. But to me, it had the exact opposite effect. Yeah, that's right. We should be picking this off 5 or 10% of the time. If I can do 5% here and 5% there and 5% there and 10% over there. If you add all this stuff up, you as an individual, you as a company and you as a country, this starts to add up pretty quickly. So yeah, do it. If you can... Uh, do the vegetarian lifestyle, reduce your carbon footprint by 5%, do it, and then buy some solar panels, and then a car. We should all be doing as much as we can. Now, we'll all be hypocritical. I'm certainly a bigger hypocrite than anybody I know. I talk about this stuff all the time. It's really important to me, but if you came and you took a microscope to my life, you'd be like, dude, there's so many more places that you could improve here. What a loser. And you would be absolutely correct. But I think what we all should be trying to do is what some of our listeners are suggesting there is as much as we can and just pick away at this, pick away at this individually, corporately, and on countrywide level. Oh, I've been ranting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Mel Hubbard. The show is Elon Daly. I'll shut up now and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.